Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. I think it's time we have a conversation about commercial real estate. On this channel, we've been warning about the pain coming to GPs and LPs, but we are in it. It's starting probably the first, maybe the second inning. But now it's time to go, hey, is, is the system going to extend and pretend? Are we going to see some type of bailout? Is this just going to go by and nobody's going to be hurt at all? Let's talk to the one and only REI mom, Anna Kelly. How you doing, Anna? I'm good. So great to be here. It is definitely interesting times um, for commercial real estate, for all real estate, but in particular commercial real estate. And we talked a little bit about, you know, last week and some, some news articles about a category five for commercial real estate. And I think that there is a lot of pain ahead um, and the pain is just beginning. I agree with you there. Where I go as a commercial real estate investor is, okay, where there's pain, there's also opportunity. So where is the pain going to be? Does that mean there's great opportunity or does it mean that there's so much risk that that opportunity may not be good? And so, you know, depending on your liquidity, your other investments, how much you depend on commercial real estate for, you know, your living expenses, for keeping employees um, employed, all those things make a difference to how you react um, as a result of the fact that commercial real estate is in trouble, um, and also where you live and what asset class within real estate is extremely important too. Because as we've talked about with residential real estate, Michael, it's very regional. Real estate is very hyper-local or regional. It's not the same across the board. And so you may have areas of, of residential real estate where values just continue to climb because there's so much demand and so little supply where other areas, people are still flying out of those states and there's a lot of supply and low demand and values fall. It's the same with commercial real estate. And so I think for this conversation, we'd really need to kind of break out the, the high level of what's happening with commercial, why commercial is more in trouble than residential, in my opinion, and then look at things like the area of the country, you know, office versus multifamily, if you will. Yeah, I think I think we'll start with that. I, I think that's the right way to go. I think when you look at office and this work from home phenomenon that nobody saw coming, I think that is obviously going to be the largest tsunami of pain. We've already yes. seen buildings go back to banks in prime areas, LA, New York, Chicago, Miami, right? There have been some some trophy office buildings go back to banks already. Yes. My feel and again, where I always go with this is who has the debt? And the craziest mm -hmm. thing about this is AAA office, you know, the trophy properties, that debt is owned by insurance companies and pension funds and people that thought it was the safest of the safest safe thing. Yes. And now obviously that's not the case. Yes. My, I don't know, spidey sense tells me that that tsunami is going to get to a point where it is so big that we may get some 
government facility bailout. I hate that word. I it, it, yes. you should just pay the price. But it does feel like it might be so big and and impact so much that there might be some quasi bailout kind of extended pretend let's get us to 2027 and see where the chips fall. Um, I don't know about you, but that's, it just feels like that's going to be such a big problem that uh, the government may step in. Yes. You know, it's really interesting. I, I study a lot um, about the economy as, as we've talked about, and I've looked at, you know, the last time we had really high increases in interest rates rapidly in the seventies and what followed was the savings and loan crisis. But a lot of what really catered things was that we had this big asset bubble. So the values of everything went up in the seventies during the baby boomers peak spending and working and production years caused inflation, right? And so what happened is most people's wealth not only was in their homes, but it was in real estate. It was in land. It was in land that had oil wells on it. It was in buildings and apartments, et cetera. And so when we had this large inflation in the 70s and it was killed by rising interest rates, it caused cap rates to rise. And we didn't really use that current term cap rate, but the, the market rate of return that investors uh, basically required on their investment started to rise as interest rates rose, just like what's happening today. And so values came down because commercial real estate is valued based upon its income divided by that going rate of return that the market demands to hold that asset. And so what they did in the 70s is they let most um, owners of commercial real estate fail. They yep. let most of those businesses that were highly backed by and used collateral as you know real estate as collateral for their business loans they let them fail and yep. they let most of the banks fail so what we've seen in the past is that when when you have big booms and big asset bubbles where all asset values really rise over a period of time and then there's a bust and there's a you know a washing out a recession which is basically a, a washing out of the excess in the economy Typically, the government has not come in to save everybody. They've come in and saved the biggest banks that were kind of too big to fail back then. It's similar to what we saw in 2008. The homeowners mostly went bankrupt. The house flippers mostly went bankrupt. The funds mostly went bankrupt. It was these couple of big, big financial institutions that were considered systemically important. So I am not real optimistic that you know, individual property owners, whether they be a, a small syndicator or a large fund, are going to be bailed out by the government. I think they're going to let things kind of um, flatline for a bit. They're going to let asset values correct, if you will, back to more sustainable mm -hmm. levels. And I don't think they have a choice because the reason is, number one, interest rates cannot go back to the zero bound, in my opinion. They have to stay higher than what they were to prevent the next wave of inflation and, and asset bubbles. And so while they keep those rates high, the market is going to dictate, Michael, that I won't pay the same for these assets when I can park my money today in a 12-month in a CD at 5%, five and a quarter, or a U.S. Treasury. I'm going to demand, you know, historically, it's been 230 basis points for Class A apartments as an additional premium. So I'm going to demand now a seven cap for that property. I would have paid a four and a half cap for. So the market is going to drive down what people are willing to pay as long as the Fed keeps interest rates high. The question then in your mind is, 
does the Fed come in and say, hey, banks, we want you to not, um, you know, foreclose on these properties. And there is already some discussion. The Treasury and the Fed have both met um, a couple of times over the last year, and they have recently issued guidance saying, hey, banks, hey, agencies, we really want you to start looking at commercial real estate and seeing what you can do to work out these loans if they're salvageable. But the banks don't want to be on the hook for any further deterioration of values should they rework these loans. So if banks don't want to do it, and banks are already really worried about reserves and liquidity and their own balance sheet, right? Because if if um, a commercial real estate office goes down in value, that debt to the commercial real estate owner is an asset to the bank. So if the value of the debt goes down, the, the asset that's collateral for that loan, the bank's balance sheet, their assets go down. They have to write things off and they could become insolvent rather quickly. So the only choices for the government are, are you going to bail out the banks? Are you going to say, we won't make you write down those assets and we're going to backstop those loans, um, or will they not? I tend yeah. to think that they won't, in, in terms of at a broad swath, no. um, I think that they let values fall for most investors and maybe only the largest of the large that maybe own a lot of different you know, commercial real estate office space, for example, might get a special yeah. carrot. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. So first and foremost, if it's not clear already, I am anti-bailouts. I, I want the capitalist, capitalistic system to reward the upside and punish the downside. That is where I stand on all of this. But that doesn't mean I don't look at the puzzle and go, I could see a bailout coming. So this is where I see the bailout coming. I think they're going to go to pension funds and insurance companies who have the debt of AAA office and say, for the next four years, we will assume that collateral at par. Because again, these funds went there because they, they owe returns, right? And right now yes. we have insurance companies raising costs everywhere because they, they're not, their debt, their balance sheets tattered. Right. So I don't think it's going to be about the operator at all. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be about the asset type at all. I think it's going to be about, I don't know, a dozen pension funds and 17 insurance companies, some finite number. And it's just going to be like what they did with the treasuries, right? They had all these mark-to-market treasuries at the banks. And they said, hey, you're going to hold to maturity, right? Wink, wink, nod, nod. We'll give you full value for some time. So that's what right. I think is coming is a... Is a and it will be a bailout. It'll be some kind of extended pretend, but it'll have nothing to do with the operators. Most operators are going to get crushed, wiped out. And they should. They overpaid. They tried financial engineering. And sorry, you lose. That's part of the system. But I do think they're going to do everything they can to protect pensions and insurance companies. Yeah, it's interesting because... I, I know this just from being in, you know, looking at mortgages for years and years and years and using different types. But part of the challenge, and it's similar to 2008, is that these loans have already been sold. So, you know, I go buy an apartment building, it gets packaged and it gets sold as a mortgage-backed security. The same kind of thing we had in 2008 that took that by and large took the system down. So these loans are sold as um basically almost like a guarantee. I mean, they're a security, yep. so they're not technically guaranteed, but there's terms and and provisions that if I go buy a, um, a fund that has mortgage-backed securities, I'm assured that this is a paper 
that all of these loans have the same terms. Like you must maintain a certain debt coverage ratio. You must maintain a certain LTV. And if you don't, these will default. So there is not really an option for me to go to my lender or my agency and say, I want you to extend my term. Please let me refinance at today's LTV and at today's DSCR, which don't meet your qualifications. The banks don't have the legal authority to even do that because the paper has already been you know, locked and the terms are now yeah. owned by a pool of investors like hedge funds, like pensions, like 401ks. So there's no one really to give permission to modify these rules. So the government would have to be able to get basically, I, I believe, congressional approval to come mm -hmm. in and say, ignore these loan terms like they did in COVID, right? There's a national yeah. emergency. So ignore the loan terms, ignore, you know, the debt repayment times and put a halt on that. That yeah. I think the government would have to halt um, foreclosures and forced refis of all of a certain asset class. Um, whether they do that or not, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I, would, I, I don't think that's coming. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there'd have to be a national emergency and there's not. This is just a matter of, you know, rates have gone up, that changes values, we let things wash out. The other thing is, and most people don't understand this, is that in the commercial real estate world, most, at least for apartments, um, for multifamily housing, your loans are, are basically non-recourse. Um, you know, that's a whole other discussion of what basically means. But generally speaking, they're non-recourse loans. So the operators that you say are going to get crushed, many of the operators can hand over that property, not that they want to, but the banks are yeah. going to force them to, to hand it yeah. over. And they're going to walk away with no impact on their personal credit. It's Correct. the investors that get hurt. It's the investors, the mom and pop that invested in that deal that have no equity. Now the bank has taken back that property and you've lost. And so unfortunately, yeah. it's the investors who get hurt more than the operator, Agreed. more than Fun those hedge funds and those pension funds. And I don't see a way. Um, for the government at this point to say, we're going to save everybody. They're going to say there's risk in every investment. This is interest rate risk and it caused a devaluation and it, and, and so sad, you know, so sorry, but yeah. you lose just like you do in the stock market. So yeah. I don't see big bail, big bailouts coming. I think um, maybe with the agencies on multifamily, because it's the only thing that the government really has more of their hand in the terms of agency loans than they do, you know, commercial backed mortgage securities that are held by, you know, that are held on most of these commercial real estate assets like office or mobile homes or um, storage facilities or industrial. Yeah. And then the last thing I just want to talk about here with commercial real estate, I was listening to a relatively big name in the real estate game brag yesterday about building a portfolio in the last two years of a billion dollars in assets, multifamily assets. Mm -hmm. And I don't know the portfolio. I don't know the asset types, but if you're bragging about buying a billion dollars over the last two years, there's a very, 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 very good chance that those assets aren't worth anywhere near a billion dollars today. Right. Cap rates have I'm moved sure not. that much. I mean, come on, right? Right. So, like, let's just, I mean, let's just play a, a game for a minute. You're in the, so you got a billion dollars in assets. Let's say the LTV was 70%. So you raised $300 million in LP money because it's not your money. This, this guy, it's not his money. He's using right. his reputation to do this. Right. I don't know. Cap rates go from four to seven conservatively. 
that billion dollar portfolio is probably worth 650 today. Uh-huh. And if you put a 70% or now you probably have to do 65% LTV, you're going to have to go back to your, you know, LPs and ask for $200 million or lose everything. I mean, right. people bragging about owning a billion dollars in assets over the last two years are just idiots, in my opinion. Yes. Um, I, I will say this. So if it's class A assets, there wasn't much value add and upside they could create. No. So, you no. know, class A hasn't been hit quite as hard in terms of the cap rate expansion. And given other alternatives, I think class A in very strong areas like Dallas, Texas, this is Raleigh, a value North add Carolina. Right. A, so, you know, yeah. class A, they're hurting. Um, yeah. Their cap rates aren't going to go up as much, I don't think, if history, you know, pays out. But even Class A new stuff, if you bought it and now values have fallen, yeah. you're going to your 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 values have gone down quite a bit. Um, yes. The value add investors, it really depends. Okay, so if they've bought what they say is a billion dollars in assets, but they weren't able to complete their value add plan, then exactly what you said would be the outcome. I will say, though, as a value add investor myself, if they bought right, they bought properties, you know, at a very low basis, they truly had a lot of upside just to get to today's market rent, not to try to be the, you know, the market rent leader in the future. Mm -hmm. But if they've created enough value in that time, they can hold those assets and still do very, very well, as long as they had agency debt that put them out further on the, you know, refi Paul Horizon. So most investors that bought value add deals over the last couple of years that were good, well below basis, they were not stabilized properties. So they had to use bridge debt. They couldn't use agency. So exactly. if this particular yeah. guru went in using bridge debt, bought oh. at the top and values are falling, they won't be able to execute their business plan to refi out without a capital call in most situations because yeah. we've always looked at commercial as saying it it is very resilient to recessions and to inflation to some extent because we can raise our our income raise our rents to keep up with rising expenses but what really happens is your NOI that top number that income has to be able to be forced so much to offset such a rapid change potentially in cap rates or the, the values um, that people, the market rate returns that people demand for that asset. And since there's been such a rapid rise and it looks like the Fed may or may not be finished raising yeah. interest rates and holding them for another year or two, that's making investors like me as a buyer say, there's no way I'm going to buy that property from you if you're if you can't refi it unless you give me a killer deal on the basis, which means they still lose the money, just like if they gave it back to the bank. So yeah, exactly. there's a lot of pain and a lot of risk because of that, because it's not just what's it worth. It's what's the debt coverage ratio? What you know, what have you been able to do with the rents? Can you keep raising rents? So he if they financed it well with agency debt, they may be OK. But generally speaking, no matter how you bought a property, values are falling um, because of interest rates rising in all of commercial real estate. There's just no area that's really immune to that. And the biggest thing that annoys me about this individual is he's using his name and reputation to attract money from LPs, from limited partners, the equity. And he's kind of laissez-faire because he's not going to lose anything. Right. Right. Non-recourse loans, hands up back. Oh, he's going to, I can already see the story. 
I built a billion dollar business and lost it all, but my comeback is here. I mean, makes me sick. Anyways, Anna, yes. where can people find you? <laughs> it does. It does. Me too, Michael. Um, you can find me here every week on Facebook or social media, Anna Kelly, REI Mom, and for real estate consulting at reimom.com. Awesome. Thank you so much.